Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, we are talking to Jade Sherman, who is an agent for content creators, influencers, and creatives. She has been an integral part to the success of A3 Artist Agency, where she has worked with a multitude of social media influencers who have been really significant in creating enormous tracking with brands and fans online. Today, during this episode with Jade, we cover a lot when it comes to just the landscaping of understanding how to work with an agent, how to know if you're ready to work with an agent, the difference between an agent and a manager, ways to stand out among the social saturation, multiple ways that you can monetize an online brand, and how to scale into other niches once you've laid your foundation. She also shares her take on what brands look for the most when working with influencers and bloggers. So you do not want to miss this episode. It's pretty awesome. Let's get started. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Jade. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm doing really well. How are you? I am good. It's so great to have you on today. I'm so excited to talk to you in terms of your perspective and your lens into this world of talent and content creation and influence and online branding and all of the good stuff because you come from the lens of an agent, which I think is unique and um, very needed in terms of your wisdom and your expertise and what you know. Um, so I would love to get started in you know, what it, what it is exactly that you do as an agent and um, who you essentially work with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as an agent, what uh, I feel my, my task is, is to come on board and, and find opportunities for my talent, um, you know, in all different areas of the entertainment space. Uh, so in some of those um, instances, we're looking for book deals or licensing deals or branded collaborations um, or product lines, kind of anything uh, leveraging our talents platforms um, to, to create revenue. Amazing. And how does that work or how has that transitioned in the last probably, you know, I could, I mean, I guess you could say 10 years, but I'm going to really say like five to seven since this whole world of online marketing and influencer marketing has really um, come to play as, as an important uh, piece to to this puzzle. So, you know, in 2009, I, I think that I represent a, a couple of different influencers that started their online journey in 2009. And if you think about back in, in those times, um, there was no, you know, no one was ever described as an influencer and no one got into the business because they thought they were going to be generating revenue. Um, they had a passion. They, they had a passion for what they were creating um, and they wanted to share something um, with the world. And they, in some instances, you know, one of my clients who's been on since 2008, I think, um, she, uh, just didn't see anyone who looked like her creating content about hairstyles. And so she wanted to share that and and show what worked for her. Um, and then, you know, in 2013 and 2014, people started noticing that 
a lot of these uh, digital first creators and uh, online content creators um, were moving product. They were they their voice and their recommendation was having product fly off the shelves. So I think for them, um, you know, it's been an interesting journey to see people who started off not knowing what this was ever going to become and now transition to where it is now, where you know you have people who are in middle school and and their their dream is to become a YouTuber or to become an influencer. And it's just it's just really interesting to see how all that have, has changed in such a short period of time. Um, and so, you know, with, with some of our clients, the, it, the, the money started coming from brand deals and, you know, they were making a hundred dollars a post and that was super exciting because this was something that they were just excited to post about. Um, and now to see a lot of my clients buying houses and, and, you know, doing a lot of exciting things and turning their, uh, online platforms into into real businesses has been uh, very fulfilling for me as their agent, but also just a very exciting time for the industry as a whole. And what is, is it that you particularly look for when either bringing on new talent or kind of scaling out what they've already built? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, the biggest thing that I look for is a strong voice in a specific niche. I, you know, I don't want, I think that there's um, a lot of power when you have someone in a particular niche that's speaking on um, their, their knowledge, their wisdom, their expertise. I think that there's a real, um, a real way to, to generate kind of all of these different areas of revenue. And so, you know, for in 2018, I would say there was so much activity in the beauty space. Um, and so there was a lot of our clients were creating you know, beauty tutorials and um, skincare tips and all of that. And so brands were able to um, really kind of tap in and, and see which uh, influencer made sense for their business and, and work in a real uh, partnership. Um, but I would say that they have to have some sort of strong following and strong engagement. Um, but I also look for people who are unique and doing different types of things, whether that's a fashion editor, um, or, or, you know, an Olympic gymnast or, um, honestly anything and everything, but someone who has a strong voice, um, and great engagement. And for those who may be listening that are wondering, you know, how do you know if, or when it's time to even work with an agent, how do you know that you're ready? What are some of those things that you would say are contributing or key factors in knowing that, it may be time for you to look into aligning with an agent? Yeah, I think that's a a really great question. So in my opinion, and obviously I'm not an influencer, but from all of the opinions that I've gathered from my clients, um, it is when you already are looking at this as a full-time job um, and it's come to a point where there's so much business that you can't do both. You can't create content online and handle the business side um, of the industry. So you know, whether that's you have hundreds of emails of, of people reaching out for branded opportunities or press opportunities um, or, or any of the other opportunities that you might be interested in. It's when that becomes too much work. That, that's kind of the, the precipice I've heard from, from a lot of my clients. Um, and so I think that it, it becomes when it, it's a little bit overwhelming for one person to handle. That's kind of the way I, I would look at it. 
Awesome. I think that that's really helpful because I get, I get that question a lot from my listeners of like, when do I know if I need a manager or an agent or a publicist or what's happening? Um, another question, what is the difference between an agent and a manager? Oh, I think that's a, I would love to answer that because I, I think that there's so much misconception there. So I, it's a great question. Um, so agents are, their primary role is to uh, procure opportunities, source, negotiate, um, and bring those opportunities to talent. Um, as, a, as a talent agent, um, we are licensed by the state of California. And so we are able to negotiate on behalf of our talent. Managers should be focusing on like the day-to-day and building your brand. And so it's, it's all of those things that are not paid that are so important to a career, whether that's strategizing content, um, whether that's finding um, opportunities that will grow your brand and doing things that might not generate revenue at the moment, but are good for you know, building blocks uh, for those next steps. And they are handling kind of the day-to-day execution of, of brand deals or um, if let's say you're writing a book, like what are, what are those steps that you need to be taking every day to getting that book treatment out? And um, so I think that if you, if you kind of look at it in the traditional entertainment sense, it's managers are like the day-to-day um, executors and agents are kind of the deal negotiators and finding those opportunities and bringing uh, that revenue to the talent. Have you noticed in this space that that has gotten a little murky? Because I mean, I, I know that there are managers who will negotiate and bring in deals or bring in deals or negotiate the deal on the, on their behalf. And so how does that murkiness kind of, because I know that there's the traditional way and then now there's this kind of new way. How would you, what would be your take on kind of navigating that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's for us, I think we, our talent function the best when you have a full team um, built out. Uh, because everyone gets to stay in their lane and do what's been working for, you know, many years in the, in the traditional space. Um, and so we love working with managers. We love working with attorneys. We love working with publicists. I think obviously when the business makes sense for you to bring on all of those key parts, it really functions like a well-oiled machine and your business can take off. And so in terms of, you know, the murkiness of, of the manager hybrid um, and agent, I, I think that the space is, was, is and was really new and people were just trying their best um, to, to take on the, the business and help out. Um, but as it becomes more and more, uh, you know, civilized, I guess it's more, you know, it's more um, traditional now. I think that you'll see the division between managers and agents start being a little bit more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, a lot of the managers we work with um, are excited about bringing on an agent and a lot of the agents are excited to bring on management. So it's been, uh, I think in, in the beginning, it was obviously a little bit of a discombobulation, but now I feel like it's really kind of righted the ship and everything is, is working for the best of the talent. Awesome. Thank you for walking us through that. I think that's yeah. so helpful. Yeah, um, so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, working with brands from, from your perspective. Um, I, I have two questions. The first one I want to ask is what do you notice that brands look for the most when working with content creators and influencers, whether that is working with them for the first time or, you know, that, that return and like continuing to work with them, um, for future campaigns. You know, I say this to a lot of my clients, it's all about professionalism. If you think about who's on the other side 
of, of the phone or of the email. It's another person just like us who's trying to get through the day, wants to make things as efficient and effective as possible. And so, you know, that does mean showing up for things on time, whether, you know, you have a briefing call and the briefing call is set for 12 o'clock, not showing up at 12.05 because those people also have things to do, you know, later on in the day. Um, it's delivering content on time. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, a lot of these brands have campaign flights. And so if the campaign flights go from April 1 to April 30th, you turning in your content April 5th loses five days for them. So I think it's really being understanding of who that other human is on the other side. Um, And on the brand side, it's also, it's the exact same thing. It's not asking the content creators to create content on the weekends. You know, they are also a professional business and they operate Monday through Friday, just like you would want uh, the brand to operate. So I would say it's really the the biggest piece of advice that I can, I can give uh, when working with brands is being really professional and really buttoned up. And that's, you know, in turn why having an agent and a, and a manager is also really helpful because you have people on your team that are keeping you kind of in line and making sure that you are being presented in the best way possible. Um, and so I would say that's probably my, my key learning on that. Amazing. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer, that's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. And the next question that I have in relation to that is what are the multiple ways? I don't know if revenue streams is the right word, but I guess the multiple ways to monetize an online brand. Absolutely. So the way we kind of look at our talent is, you know, if you were to have a wheel, uh, a wheel of talent and we'll use a wheel of Julie, um, as, as the start. So, you know, you have all of these different spokes coming out of the wheel. So, you know, Julie, in your case, you have your Instagram and online presence. You also have your podcast, you have your blog. Um, the next spokes, uh, we would, we would kind of build out our licensing opportunities, whether that's, um, you know, you partnering up with a brand to come out with a product or even you licensing your content out to another kind of platform or network. Um, we would look into like the book publishing space and see if there's a, a book that makes sense. If you wanted to act, it would be where are those roles um, that would make sense if you if you were in classes and, and you were looking to to go into that area. Um, it would be, you know, mobile games and mobile apps and things, any kind of area uh, of revenue, we would try to figure out what makes sense for your audience. And so everyone's wheel is going to look a little bit different. Um, but the goal is to have as many spokes on that wheel turning so that if you decide, you know, I'm tired of posting content on camera, I want to be behind the scenes. We can take out that spoke, but the wheel keeps on turning. That's kind of the way we look at a lot of our clients. And obviously some in the beginning of their career, uh, will, won't have as many as people who, whose platform has gotten larger and, and they're able to uh, go into these different areas. But the goal for us, especially when we're looking for talent is who can we put in as many businesses as possible so that this is not just a short-term play, but a long-term career path. And do you feel like, just from your perspective, that someone really needs to kind of hone in on one niche and really lay the foundation there before they try to go and scale off to a bunch of multiple things? Like really kind of being known pretty well for for their brand or for one thing about their brand to then be able to get those opportunities to license further? I think, yes. I think it's helpful to lay a foundation and have and be able to build off of something um, just because you want to build an audience that is um, loyal and an audience that engages with you. Um, and that's usually easier if you have a focus. I wouldn't say it's impossible if you have multiple focuses, but you know, if you are a home design expert, you're going to have a lot better of a time selling, you know, paint than you would uh, a lipstick because people are looking to you for, wow, how does she redo her house? What color paint is she using? Oh, okay. This makes sense. The partnership, I would buy her paint. But if she never talks about beauty, it'd be very hard to talk about selling a lipstick to an audience who knows her for home design. So I think it's easier. Um, but obviously with us, we would love our talents to be as, as, um, you know, diverse as possible in their interests, because then you can attract a larger audience. So 
it kind of, there's pros and cons of, of finding a niche. I think having a niche as a foundation is important and then building from there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think both kind of work to, to the advantages and disadvantages. Awesome. I love that. And when it comes to standing out as someone is growing and scaling, what are your tips or examples on ways to really stand out among that idea of so, social saturation and being there being so much content to consume out there? Yeah, I think if you start playing into, you know, what works in the algorithm or what, you know, what are other people doing, I think you can lose your purpose. So for me, I think it's, it's staying really authentic and true to who you are and what your brand is and not um, diverging from that to play the game. Um, that That's just my opinion. I think if you're trying to be someone you're not, it's going to be reflective in the content. So it, it's finding what works for you, what your audience uh, looks for, what your audience wants, and building that out to the best of your ability, whether that means higher production quality or more content, you know, making, making content more frequently. Um, I think that those are important, just not shying away from who you really are and and really building on, on what you've started. And kind of one last question that I would love for you to really uh, dive in on and touch on for us. Um, Cause I know that we had mentioned earlier, you know, how do you know when you're ready to work with an agent? And you had said, you know, it's when you get to that place that you've got so much on your plate that you literally can't handle it and integrate it all by yourself. How does someone, what would be your advice just from your perspective of how does someone even get to that place of where, you know, they've built this business there, they've got stuff coming in as much as they're pitching it out themselves. What are some of the key things that they could be focusing on to really get to a place that they're having this consistent um, stream of opportunity and and ways to build their business. I think uh, you know the influencer community is actually pretty small when you think about it. Um, the people there's there's a handful. As much as there is saturation in the marketplace, I think there it's going to your um, friends and colleagues and saying you know who do you work with who who have you heard good things about um, who do you trust and kind of going from there. You know, a lot of our referrals have come actually from brands, brands saying this talent is amazing to work with. This talent has um, high quality content. Um, they, you know, they, we're seeing a lot of success in working with them. You guys should meet. And it's us reaching out that way. Um, but a lot of it at this point is referrals. So it's, if I was an influencer, I would say, start reaching out to your network, whether that is brands um, or other influencers, um, or even, you know, if you're working with an attorney or someone like that, I think that's that is the the biggest way. And the other thing is if your content is awesome and you are someone that like, you know, is doing amazing things in the space, we'll find you. <laughs> I, I will say that, you know, we have <laughs> right. 30 people in our department across LA, New York, and London, um, that are constantly looking for exciting and new talent. Um, and we're talking with every brand on a daily basis. So if there's someone that is making moves in the space, we usually know about it. Um, but you know, I, I would say that definitely reaching out to your network. And the last thing I want to touch on is when it comes to kind of brands and their schedule in which, you know, obviously they have marketing budgets and they, you know, they, they have a certain way in which they do things and who they work with and that sort of thing. But for some reason, at least that I've noticed in my community, there is this, um, 
this false idea or this false belief, or even this lie, if you will, that people tell themselves of, well, you know, the brands don't have money or the brands aren't working right now, or even in the, in the midst of the coronavirus, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of, well, I guess I shouldn't be pitching, or I guess I shouldn't be, you know, be expecting to get any brand deals right now because everything is frozen. And although that could be true with some brands to a certain degree, I also know for sure that it's not true on the other end because I have brands reaching out to me wanting to do deals and I know other people that are being reached out to. So what is your take on, on, on that idea? And just kind of, cause you really understanding the back end of, of how brands marketing budgets work. What yeah. is your perspective on that? Just to kind of realign expectations for listeners a little bit more about what it really does look like to get a brand deal from the back end of the brand's marketing budget perspective. Yeah. I think that. Um... You know, there's a lot of different KPIs that the brands are looking at um, on, you know, when they're trying to find an influencer that makes sense. And I think, you know, when I've talked with a lot of of the brands, they want to work with talent that already talks about them. And so that when the brand is uh, introduced into a sponsored post, the audience isn't shocked to hear about it and the audience believes it. So, you know, the first step, I think, in anyone wanting to work with the brand is talking about it organically and authentically. Um, I think then on, on the other side, the brands do have a, a good marketing budget. A lot of them do. I think, especially in the time of Corona, um, it's interesting to see which brands are spending and which ones aren't. But if you think, you know, especially right now, if you think about the direct to consumer brands, the brands that are delivering things to your doorstep, those brands are going to be spending more money now. It's just, this is their, their peak time. Um, and so, you know, some may be out of stock because there's been so many orders, but you know that that will be replenished at some point. So maybe when you're thinking about uh, specific times, okay, now is a good time to reach out to a direct-to-consumer brand. And those are like, you know, the Thrive Markets, the Home Chef, the Dollar Shave Club, all of those things that are, um, you know, not sold in store, but more direct-to-consumer. I think that's that's where I would look right now. Um, But kind of overall, you can think through, you know, from the agency side, we're extremely proactive uh, when when we work with brands. So, starting in uh, November, we we start thinking about um, pitching about Coachella and thinking about okay, how since brands are always activating around Coachella, what kind of deck or or one sheet are we going to send out about our talent that want to be activating around Coachella? So it's thinking obviously ahead of time because there's a lot of different things that are happening on a consistent basis. So you know. August is back to school. What kind of content can I present um, to the brands that are going to be targeted around back to school or New Year's or all of these different key moments? Um, so, it, you know, from our perspective, from an agency perspective, we're super proactive in, in finding and creating opportunities by presenting unique and interesting ideas, leveraging our talent. And so if I was an influencer and I had that direct access to a brand, or if I was you know, even if I had an agent and um, I wanted to do X, Y, Z around summer, I would talk to your rep or I would talk to the brand and say, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's my idea of what this campaign could look like. um, And here's how I'd love to activate. And so I think being proactive is um, just really exciting because the brands do have a lot on their plate. They are thinking about all of these different activations around their 360 media campaigns. So if you can kind of give them something to work on and work off of, I think you'll find actually a lot of success. 
I love that. And I love that you really kind of primed us to understand also kind of from a scheduling perspective of, you know, in November, we're already thinking ahead to April. Like that is how long the lead time is. Um, So I appreciate that and um, really appreciate you coming and just kind of sharing, like peeling back the curtain, if you will, and really sharing more of your perspective and how you view this industry. Um, Jade, where could people, if they want to learn more about what you do um, and what, and what that looks like and who you work with and the ways that you help scale and grow other influencers, brands, and businesses, where can they go to do that? That's a good question. So I will first um, promote my company, A3 Artist Agency. Um, we are uh, a talent agency and um, we are a, and then the number three artists, plural agency. So you can follow us on, on Instagram. We're posting a lot of content that our clients have created. And um, especially now, I don't know when this is going to air, but right now during the coronavirus, um, we have a lot of content uh, on our stories and on our socials. So check that out. Um, but on Instagram, I'm Jade Sherman. So super easy. Awesome. And if you listen today and have some aha moments or takeaways that you want to share with Jade and I, you can do that over on Instagram by screenshotting this episode, tagging me and Jade, which you will see in the show notes, um, our names, um, and hashtagging the influencer podcast and letting us know what your biggest takeaway was. So we can share those takeaways on our stories too. All right, Jade. Yeah. Um, It's a great way to stay connected and stay engaged with our community. We love it too. And so do they. Um, So I appreciate you being on today and sharing your wisdom. And um, thanks for, for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Julie. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.